Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning the Zaysa Bracha Chameshi, the fifth Aliyah of Parshas Zaysa Bracha. Our topic is the Brachas of Moshe Rabbeinu, and we're going to be focusing on this Aliyah in Dan, Asher, and Naphtali, the last three tribes to receive their Brachas in this Aliyah. It is worthwhile noting that this is the end of the Brachas of Moshe. The last two Aliyahs will be talking about the end of Moshe Rabbeinu's um, life and the blessings um, of Israel as a whole. So our Aliyah is five psukim long. Pasuk Chof Beis to Chavav in Paraklam and Gimel. And the basic summary is as follows. Referring to Dan, we're told, Gudon Bashan. He is a lion, a young lion um, cub, which is going to spring from Bashan. Then we hear about Naftali's blessing is Naftali Savar Ratzon, Umalabir Kas Hashem. He's satisfied, he's filled with the blessing of Hashem. The sea and the south are his inheritance. And then we hear about Asher. Asher is Baruch Mi Banim Asher. He's blessed among the, bla- uh, among the children or with children. And he is he is found appeasement among his brothers, Tovel Bashem and Ragla, and he is and he's uh, he 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 puts his foot into oil, dips his foot into oil. And then we hear about Barzel We hear about how the locks of the territory are, are the locks of iron and copper and Enko Kel Yeshurun. There's no one like the God or the power of Yeshurun, who rides the heavens above us. So the very, obviously, poetic description of the, the brachas, just a few things to ponder, first of all, is why is Dan called a lion? Um, so it is important to notice that Rashi says he was also about a border tribe in the north, and therefore he needed to be strong, like God is also described as a lion, because they guard the sides. Now, why? what does it mean that Dan is yezanik min What does the word yezanik mean? It's a very strange word. So it could mean that he springs forth. He comes from the Bashan. Bashan is the area of the Golan Heights, so that's where his territory is. However, it's also yezanik could mean split off, because if you actually look at the territory ter- territory of Dan, Dan's territory is supposed to be um, actually next to Ephraim, just above Yehuda, in the heartland of Israel towards the coast, where Yafo is, where Tel Aviv is today. That's where Dan is supposed to be. However, Dan felt that they did not get enough territory if you read the book of Yeshua, and therefore he made a contingency plan where instead of conquering the Amorite people around him, which were harder to conquer, he went up north to a Phoenician town called Laish or Leshem and conquered it around the area of Har Hermon, which is what we call the Golan Heights today, conquering it and expanding their territory. So Dan had two parts of territory, one in the area of Tel Aviv today and one in the area of the Golan Heights um, as he expanded outwards. So that could mean the Yezanek as in splitting off. Now, what's special about Naphtali when we talk about Naphtali in Savaratzon? So Rashi, Rashi says he had the coast of the Kinneret, so he had all he needed. Naphtali today is in the, the area of um, leading up to the Golan Heights. It's just above the Kinneret Sea, northwards on the west bank of Israel. Why are we told he's Savaratzon? Rav Hirsch points out that he was satisfied, as opposed to Dan, who just came before him, who was not satisfied with his territory and had to go somewhere else and expand to a non Canaanite nation, to a Phoenician nation, to get more land. Natali was quite happy where he was, and that's why he stayed where he was. Um, then we go and move on to Asher. We told that Asher is Baruch Mibanim. What does that mean? So Rashi says he was granted many children. If you actually look, the Zazakanim says that the counts, the numbers in the desert, he has an extraordinarily large population, so he was blessed with lots of children. It's also important, as the, uh, uh, as the um, Rashi points out, the Forshim point out, quoting Chazal, that he was he had the opportunity of having very uh, very sought after daughters who many of whom were married to Kohanim Gedolim, as well. The Chizkuni points out that his land was very lush, 
uh, as it had much of the area of the upper Galilee and because of that he was able to export oil which was his main product which everybody needed for cosmetic uses and therefore they blessed Asher because of his riches and his generosity in exporting the oil of his territory as well. Finally at the end of the Aliyah we have this, this, this description of the, of the gates being locked with um, iron and copper. What is that referring to? So one way of looking at it is the Ramban says it is, is that it's really the end of the Bracha of Asher, that Asher of course is a, a northern dwelling territory. He's in the area of what Lebanon is today, um, going all the way up the coast. So that being the case, he, uh, um, he, he is the gate to Israel from the north. And that's why he's described as having the lock and seal of Israel. However, Rashi says it could also be that this is now taking a step back after the bracha of all or most of the Shvatim. Now Moshe Rabbeinu describes all of Israel. All of Israel, when trusting in Hashem, is like it is locked up and protected. And that's what's being referred to over here. What is the order in general of the, of the bracha? Sort of Hirsch points out that if you can imagine Moshe Rabbeinu standing on Har Nevoi, on the Trans-Jordan River, or just by the Dead Sea, looking over the Dead Sea, and he sort of scans the territory, moving from the south all the way up to the north, the far north towards Lebanon. That's the sort of general direction of the brachas. So the brachas are not just as he looks at the tribes, but rather as he looks at the tribal territories and then gives the bracha for those who will live in those areas. Finally, what is this last bracha over here in the, in the end of the Aliyah, where we hear about a Kodesh Baruch Hu, is Hashem is riding the heavens. So the Svarna points out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu protects us and gives us consistent blessing, will be there consistently for us if we so uh, invite Him into our lives. And that's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is above the heavens. He's above the Mazalot, above this Zodiac and all the other things that other nations trust Him and all the other forces which are inconsistent. And because of that, if we allow Hashem in, we'll have consistent blessing. And that's how the brachas end. Now we're going to get to this, uh, the, the, the section of the blessing of Israel and Moshe Rabbeinu's last moments. With this, we close. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.